The Playmakers Blog presents Fire on High. Featuring your host, Tyler O. What's going on, everyone? You're tuning in to the Fire on High podcast. I am Tyler Ojinski, and this is Tyler's 10 Tips for Week 5. The whole point of these podcasts is to deliver you concise fantasy advice in under 20 minutes. Let's dive in. Tip 1 and 2 are going to be a bit of a bundle. Let's start off hot. I love staying one week ahead. It's time to buy Giants players, namely Ingram and Slayton, in that order. Yes, the Giants have been hot garbage, but when you look at the first four games, Steelers, Bears, 49ers, Rams, and factor in the Saquon injury, it's really not that much of a shocker. Things are about to ease up a bit here, and especially in Week 5, the Giants have a get-right spot against the Swiss Cheese Dallas Cowboys, one of the worst defenses in the entire NFL. It's a get-right week. The Browns literally did it last week, and there's nothing that makes us think that the Cowboys can stop anybody at this point. Ingram should be the easiest for you to acquire. He currently stands at tight end 25 and is seriously disappointed as of late, especially considering he was drafted as a top 6 to top 8 guy. The peripherals are good. He's seen 7.5 targets per game, and he's ran the second most tight end routes on the year of any tight end. A top 12 finish is still a possibility. And then you look at the Cowboys who are allowing 18 points per game to the tight end position through four weeks. Trade him. Start him. He's got the upside. I like the move. The second tip is to acquire Slayton. He's sitting at wide receiver 25 after a huge week one performance, but he's disappointed in the last three weeks. Likely the Slayton owner knows this is going to be a good week, but they're not valuing him like they should. You need to get this man on your team if you need a win in week five. Yes, we all need wins, but some of us might be a little more desperate than others. If you're sitting at like one and three or even 0 oh and four, try to get Slayton. This could be an absolutely huge week for him like week one. Through four weeks, the Cowboys are allowing 50 points per game to opposing wide receivers. The Cowboys have literally been carved up by every single outside wide receiver this year, and I don't see why that would change. In courtesy of Rich Raybar, one in every 10 targets to wide receivers results in a touchdown. You heard that right. One in every 10 targets to wide receivers against the Cowboys results in a touchdown. Yes, Danny Dimes can be a little careless with the football, but that also works in Slayton's favor because Dimes will literally degaff it down the field. Tips one and two is acquire Ingram and acquire Slayton. They're both top 12 options for me in week five. Tip three is going to be trade away Joe Mixon. The Bengals finally let Mixon get going against the Jags. Imagine that against the Jags. So if you believe the Bengals are a 9-10 win, even a playoff team, by all means, keep Mixon. While they're clearly an ascending team and Burrow seems to be the real deal, I do not think 2020 is the year of the Bengals, and as such, not the year for Joe Mixon. As the three weeks prior, he's just not on the field in passing situations. For some reason, they go with Giovanni Bernard. This isn't me saying... I don't like Joe Mixon. I don't think he's good. Mixon's great. It's more about how the Bengals use him, and they're not using him on passing downs. In fact, last week, he was not on the field for a single third and long situation. It was Giovanni Bernard. The Bengals got the Ravens and the Colts on deck. 
The Bengals probably should be down. Vegas will likely have it that way. And he won't be on the field in third and long situations. So, with that said, I don't really see a lot of situations when he has that big boom like he had in week four. Is he an RB2? Maybe. Does he have a ceiling? Absolutely. But we know his floor is bottom rung running back three. I would try to recoup at least 75% of his value after that hot week. Pull the trigger. Move him. The floor isn't worth it, especially if he's your RB1. Tip number four, acquire Rams running backs. Here's some Rams stats through four weeks. Top five in rush attempts in the NFL. Top three in terms of rush to pass ratio. They're rushing at 51.7% clip, third most in the NFL. Seventh in the NFL in yards rush per game. Tied for second in rushing TDs. And they're also top five in rushing with a neutral game script, which means when the game's close or they're behind by just a little bit, they're still running the football. These aren't your 2018 Rams. This is a running football team through four weeks. I like Akers, I like Henderson, and I like Brown in that order. We aren't necessarily starting them, but if the dust settles and an RB emerges, we could be talking a league-winning type of production from one of these guys, if not at least top 15. Get one of these Rams running backs again. Akers first, then Henderson, then Brown. There is a lot of potential. Tip number five, bench Ian Thomas. The Panthers draw the Falcons this week. And the 2020 Falcons are the 2019 Cardinals in terms of tight end free squares. They're allowing 26 points per game to tight ends on the season. I'm going the other way here, obviously. Do not fall for the Ian Thomas trap. The Panthers are just not using their tight end. We've never seen a 70% snap rate over Ian Thomas. He had no targets in week two. He only had two targets in week one and three. That's Four targets in the first three weeks. Yes, he did see five targets in week four, and he did get that touchdown, but he hasn't cleared 20 yards all season. They just aren't using the guy. Just because the Falcons have been giving up a lot of tight end production doesn't make me believe that all of a sudden Ian Thomas is going to become the guy. In fact, Coach Rule even came out today and said, I quote, There are subtleties and nuances of the position that Thomas needs to put into his repertoire. End quote. Reading between the lines, Thomas hasn't put it all together yet. The usage proves that. I'd rather start a guy like Cameron Brait over Ian Thomas this week. Don't fall for the trap. Tip six is trade away Tyler Higby. Higby is only running routes on about 50% of Rams dropbacks. This is not good. If you have an elite tight end or even a good tight end in fantasy, he's running routes on 65 7 75% of the dropbacks. They're starting to have him block a lot more. A quarter of the time, he's blocking. They're not even putting Higby on the field in third and long situations. It's very clear they're phasing him out of the pass game. And then on top of that, Gerald Everett is almost always on the field in third and long situations. And the amount of routes he's been running has been steadily going up as the weeks have gone on. He's now running routes just about as much as Higby. It's about 50-50. On a team that I've already stated is running the ball so much, there's way too many things in Tyler Higby's way for him to continue with this tight end eight production. You really need to get him off your team. Try to trade him while the value is still there. Things are not going in the right direction for Tyler Higby. Tip seven, start Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins this week. The former is likely obvious at this point, but the Seahawks are historically bad at defending opposing wide receivers through four weeks, allowing an unprecedented 65 points per game to wide receivers. 65 points per game to wide receivers. 
As such, I also have Kirk Cousins at the bottom half of my top 12. The Seahawks are giving, on average, 28 points per game up to the quarterback position. Either Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen will be in the top 12 this week. Both could easily be top 20 options. Roll them out there with confidence. Tip number eight, start Isaiah Ford. First off, the 49ers D-line versus the Dolphins O-line is one of the biggest mismatches of the week. What that tells me is they're going to have to get rid of the ball quick. Fitz is going to have to throw the ball quick. That favors Isaiah Ford. Ford also popped in Josh Hermsmeyer air yards by low model, which quite simply means he's underproducing and is due for a big week. He's been the clear second passing option on this offense for three weeks now, and he averages seven targets a game. His short routes could be peppered early and often. The 49ers are also allowing 32 PPR points per game to wide receivers at the position. While it's not great, they are allowing a 69% catch rate to wide receivers. All this really lends itself to me thinking Isaiah Ford's going to have a good week. We watched Braxton Berrios, Golden Tate have pretty decent weeks in the slot against the 49ers. I know Greg Ward didn't really have a real good week last week like he expected, but I think the slot's the best place to attack this 49ers secondary. Start Isaiah Ford. Tip 9, and I might regret this one, but I'm giving T.Y. Hilton just one more chance. I'll save you all the statistics about how bad he's been. But we do know that the Browns have surrendered 51 points a game to opposing wide receivers. I do not think that Zach Pascal is going to drop a 40 bomb. There's a chance the Colts might not even hit that 51 points per game. But Hilton might even be on waivers at this point. You can get him for absolutely nothing. He's worth one last final chance in the flex spot. Can he do it? I think he can. If you trade for him, don't give a lot. Because if he blows it up, you can just drop him, cut your losses. But I'm saying, T.Y. Hilton, great matchup. It's got to come around for the guy. I don't have a lot of statistics to back this one up, but week five is going to be the week for T.Y. Hilton. I can feel it in my gut. Tenth and final tip of the week is trade and acquire Kenyon Drake. Just like the Hilton one, I could easily regret this one, but I'm going to go off on a limb here. First off, through four weeks, Running backs are averaging 153 yards and and 1.5 TDs against the Jets. That's also 28 points per game in half PPR. So half PPR, running backs are averaging 28 points per game against the Jets. If Kenyon Drake can't do it this week, he might be dust. Sorry to say it, but he could be dust. I, however, am willing to give him one more shot. I'm going to take the gamble. I would attempt to buy low on Kenyon Drake because I do think we've seen the worst of it. I think they find a way to get him moving in this offense. He could be a solid RB2 moving forward. Yes, that's a disappointment over what we drafted him at, but now is the time to buy low on Kenyon Drake before he blows up against the Jets. That is all for Fire on High, Week 5, Tyler's 10 Tips. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. Later.